Thank you so much for tuning in to Encounter AZ's podcast. We are believing that God is going to use this ministry to change your life. Now enjoy the message. Casey's going to stay up here with me. He, um, Casey's getting ready. He's, he's stepping out this summer. He's getting ready to preach at two youth camps this summer to some kids. He do, he's our kids pastor, if, you're, if you didn't know that. Um, so he, a lot of times he's back there with the kids, and he has a, an awesome staff that he's constantly training and working with to, so that he can do things like this. And so um, pray for him this summer. He's stepping out, and he's preaching at New Mexico, a youth camp in New Mexico, and then he's immediately coming back to Arizona to preach at a youth camp. He's also trying to raise funds to bring a team with him. So if you're interested in helping him raise funds, funds for that. You can see him after service um, to help him with that. But this morning I asked Casey to come up here and I, last week I preached about pulling people up and so that's this morning I told Casey, you're up. So um, I'm, he has an anointing on his life and uh, if you know him, you know his heart and you're going to love him uh, as soon as you get to know him. But I, I believe that he has a word for us this morning that's going to bless you. So give it up for Pastor Casey, will you? Well, thank you. Um, I can't see you guys really, but um, I'm just going to talk about um, who I am just for a minute to get a little background of me. If you're asking, wondering if I'm a little nervous, yeah, I'm a little nervous. Let's be real. But I really believe that God has uh, given me a word this morning um, for the church, um, and uh, it ties into everything that Brent has been uh, talking about. Um, I am Casey. I am a teacher um, on the weekdays uh, and on the weekends. I like to teach other than just teaching, but I educate students and Someone in my life has been praying for patience, for me to have patience, and they've got it because I'm a teacher, and I definitely have learned what patience means. Uh, I don't know about you, but being in a room with 26th graders is not always fun, but I love it. Um, I really believe that God has called me there. Um, But I'm a teacher. I do a lot of media. I like just kind of being where God has called me. I'm trying to be obedient. I've been in ministry with Pastor Brent for nine years, um, and there's no other place I'd rather be. Um, I believe that God has called me here for a reason. Um, and again, Brent, thanks for giving me the opportunity to actually have an impact um, on people and kids' lives. Also, I'm the kids pastor here. And if you are a parent, I just want to say thank you um, for giving me the opportunity to speak into their lives. Uh, I've kind of, over the years, watched ministries, tried to mirror ministries, be like, oh yeah, I love that church. I've tried to do it their way, and then God, in the last couple months, have really been said, you do you, and so I've changed it, and I start started to preach, and um, man, the kids' lives, I've been seeing the kids, and um, I've preached to them, so if I can preach to the kids, I feel like I can preach to y'all, so I'm going to preach today. I also like to teach. I like to teach. Uh, I'll slow it down a little, but then I like to preach. I really believe God has a... Um, God has a plan for your life, and um, I feel like today it's going to open your mind up to uh, just a little bit of what God is calling us as a church to do. Um, So Pastor Brent has started a series a couple of weeks ago about Jesus is, and I think it's a great, great series. We've been talking about different different things that Jesus is, and... um, I'm just going to read a couple things of that what Jesus is, and then we're going to jump right into the sermon. So Jesus is the Son of God. He's the resurrection king. Jesus is alive. He's life. He's alpha, omega, beginning, and we see all these things that Jesus is. But as a Christian, as, as someone that believes in this, we have to kind of step back and say, okay, well, 
How does that apply to us? So if you're taking notes today, my topic today is Jesus is love. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this opportunity that you've given me to come and bring this word about how Jesus is love. God, I pray that hearts are open to listen to your word. And Lord, whatever I say, let it be of you, not of me. Lord, this isn't about me. And as we'll learn in my sermon, it is, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about your word and who you are and what you have for us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. See, today we're going to look at a couple different scriptures and stories about who Jesus is. And I want to start off by saying, or a little story of the Bible where Jesus, in his ministry, he walked with these disciples. And I don't know about you, but that'd be awesome. If I could walk with Jesus and live with Jesus next to him, and, and then that'd be awesome. Like, I feel like I'd be equipped, you know? And so Jesus is sitting at a table with all of his disciples. He's like, hey, disciples, I love you, but guess what? I'm leaving, and you can't come with me. Now, I don't know. I'd be a little mad. You know, I've been walking and with Jesus and the disciples, they're like, what? Wait a minute. And this is what I want to really talk to you guys about today. See, it's John chapter 13, 33 through 35. It's going to be on the board. I'm going to read it from here. It says, my children, I will be with you a little longer. You will look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. Then he goes to say, a new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you, so much love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples or Christians if you love one another. See, in our relationship with God, we can get so distracted by, well, I can't shave my head or whatever. Oh, that's Old Testament. But I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. I can't do that. Today, this is the scripture I want to reference as what is our command? As Christians, if I have a brand new person come up to me and says, why do you do what you do? This is where I'm going to push them. And as a church, I want to talk to you about this because if we want to see change, this is what we got to do. You walk outside these doors, doesn't matter what you're talking about. There's hatred. The royal wedding I was reading on Facebook today, they were hating on what she was looking like. Why? Because that's what the world is full, full, full of. Full of hate. Full of, um, full of themselves. Full of all of that. But then this is what he tells them. He doesn't tell, he doesn't tell his disciples, go build the biggest church and preach them he, he doesn't say, go make record labels. Don't do this. Don't. Love. Simple love. See, point number one, Jesus' love for us was shown on the cross, and he wants us to love that much. See, it starts with Jesus and what he did, and then that's going to affect us and what we do. See, Jesus is about to leave and this is his commandment to his disciples love like i know you guys are probably like sitting there like yeah 
Like, that's so simple. I'm sitting up here saying, yeah, that's so simple. Love is so important. It's different. See, I'm going to read another scripture, Matthew 22, 36 through 40. And it's kind of cool that I'm actually talking about this because for the last couple of weeks and kids, I've been talking about the same topic, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all of them. And love just happened to be the first one. And God just really spoke to me to talk to you guys about this. And the kids get this all mixed up and we're going to read it. It says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment on the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And this is the greatest command, first and greatest commandment. And the second one is love your neighbor as yourself. I love kids. And when I, I read this, they said, that's fine. Love your neighbor as yourself. Thank you. They're like, I love my neighbor. I play with my neighbor. And they get confused with what does your neighbor really mean? No, it's just not your neighbor. It's everybody. Everybody. We need to love everyone. So when I'm talking to the kids, they're like, like I said, they would tell me, I love my neighbor. I love my neighbor. I'm like, what about the person across the street? Well, that's not my neighbor. That's your neighbor. What about the person at the grocery store? That's your neighbor. That's your neighbor. What about the person that voted for the other person that you, you didn't vote for? Guess what? That's your neighbor. Come on. But let's be real. Love is something we can't do on our own. It's not. And there's many times in my life specifically that I know of that if I did not know the Lord and that if I didn't like sit back and kind of breathe, I probably wouldn't have acted the way God wanted me to. We all have our stories. We can probably thinking about it like, oh yeah, that one time. But I'm going to give you a couple um, instances. You know, when you're driving in the car and someone cuts you off, yeah, love's not easy. Okay. You know, when you're losing softball on tournament day, the day of your bachelor party, you lose two games, love's not always easy. Or when you have a friend that's a Nebraska fan, love is not easy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you, Josh. I had to, okay? I had to. Um, but anyways, love's not always easy. It's not. See, Josh, love's not always easy. Thanks for coming yesterday. Oh. So you all have these instances in your life where love is not easy. See, God loves us that he died on the cross. And he wants us to love like that. I, I think we all could say we would die for one another majority of us, but in a moment, you're probably going to step back and say, wait a minute, it's one of those what ifs, you know, but man, we need to love one another. See, I'm about to be real. I hope you can take it. See, the hardest thing about loving one another is that you have to lay aside all your desires, 
all of your plans, all of whatever you have in your mind to love people. And that's not always easy, I'll be honest. Um, in a society that's all about me, 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 you're telling me I need to lay myself down for other people? Yes. Yes. Well, I'm at the grocery store. I'm just, I'm doing my thing. I need to get my groceries. I got to get out of here. I got a nail appointment. Guess what? If someone cuts you off, you don't have to like be mean to them. You need to just love them. Oh, well, that's putting my desires, my plans, my things on the side to do something for someone else. Yes. That's what love is. Point two, Jesus can show us how to love. All of that stuff, all of those things can be accomplished when we ask for Jesus to help us. Again, we have to lay down our desires, our emotions, our feelings, everything that's going on in our lives to come and sit at the feet of Jesus so he could show us how to love. Your love is different than my love. Your love is different than their love. In everyone's circumstances, it's different. But the only way you're going to find out is by knowing and getting to know Jesus. See, most of you don't know that I'm going to get married soon. Um, and again, pray for me and pray for her. Her, pray for her. Pray for my family, pray for her family. But something I've learned in the past year is what really love means. Because before that, I did my own thing. I, I tooted my own horn. I played sports as much as I can. You know, and I love that stuff. But in my relationship with Kaylin, I've learned that it's not about me. It really is not. And that's one thing I've got in counseling, that I need to lay down my desires. When I'm in a fight, when we get in an argument, it's not about me. And if you're married or you've been married, you know it is not about you. And that's the same thing with our relationship with God. See, our relationship that we have with God is not about us. It's not about us and getting filled with the Holy Spirit so we can go out and do nothing with it. No, it's not. I'll tell kids that. And I love when kids are like, it's not about, no, it's about you. It's about others being touched by you. Or you go around and go pray for kids. Or you hang out with kids. It's about those other kids, not about you. They get it. See, I'm going to say it one more time. Our relationship with God, once we accept him, is not about us. See, point number three, our lives are not about us. See, the Bible tells us that we are a light on a hill, that we are the salt to the world. We are important. We are to be different, and we are to make a difference. A car accident happens. I was at youth group or youth cruise last week. And we were talking about how do we, um, or how do we um, not, how does our, uh, what's the wording, Brent? I need help. Our faith. How do we defend our faith? How do we defend our faith? Well, when you get in a car accident, what is our natural reaction or a worldly reaction going to be? Mad. Hatred. But guess what? God calls us to be different. And I promise you, in that moment, 
I literally better focus on my relationship with God so I know that I'll make the right decision so I'm not like what everyone thinks is going to happen. You get in a car accident, boom. Oh, why Why'd you do that? Or, that's naturally, everyone would say that would probably happen. But that God is calling us to be different. You know what I mean? And oh, a lot of what ifs, what ifs this, what ifs that. But my main point is, if we are called to be different, I can tell you, loving others is different. You go to Walmart and hold the door open for somebody, you're different. Maybe not in Texas, but in Arizona for sure. I'm telling you, I fit in in Texas. I love Texas. I would sit down at Walmart, another, like some old man walk up, some other kid would walk up. I could tell you the whole life about that. In Arizona, that's weird. I'm being real. But that's different. That's the, there's a Christian song, I want to be a difference maker. You want to be a difference maker? Start loving people that feel like they're not loved or that they think that you're going to react in a way other than love. Love. What? That's simple. Love. I'm reminded of a story in the Bible of a man that was called to do great and mighty things. But then his name's Jonah. I'm not going to assume you all know the story, so I'm going to summarize it for you. There's this man named Jonah called to go to Nineveh? No, yeah? Nineveh? Yep. And I was singing the song, but then I was like, maybe I was saying it wrong. But anyways, so he was, uh, Jonah went to Nineveh. Yeah, anyways, that's all I know. Um, but anyways, he was on his way, like God spoke to him, say, go to Nineveh, preach against the wickedness of this city, do it. What do you think Jonah did? He got on a boat, went to Nineveh, and preached against it. No, he didn't do that. No. He actually got some money, paid these guys, got on this boat, headed the other way to Tarshish, Tarshish, and he got on this boat and he went. Long story, really long story, make it short. They found out that this guy was running from God. They threw him overboard, got in a whale. The whale spit him up on an f- ocean and, or on a bay in Nineveh, and he ended up preaching against the wickedness of this um, city. But what I want to know is Jonah, man of God, Christian, I would probably assume, and why is he running from God? Can I be honest? When God calls you to do something or when you get into the presence of God, it's scary sometimes. I can admit it. There's been times in my life when I should have asked God for something, but I didn't because I know his answer would have been different than my answer. So when, I come, when it comes to the word love, you know that family member that did you wrong? Pray about it. Don't be scared of what God says because that's, when, that's different. It's different to come up here and get on the altar It's different. But once you get into the presence of God, God will start changing your heart and your desires. Isn't that what we all say we want? Let's do it. Because the Bible says when we love God, we'll love people. Even that person that did us wrong. 
Your family might not like them, but what about you? What is God calling you to do? See, I feel as a church and Pastor Brant and the worship team, we've made a way for you to come and encounter the Lord. We say it week in and week out. You come up here, we will pray, we will play worship, we will set an atmosphere where if you honestly want to know what God's talking to you about, or you want to hear from God, we've opened up the altars to do that. See, Jonah was scared of what's going to happen. Guess what? It's okay to be scared. I'm scared. I'm getting married. I'm scared. I've been asking for this my whole life. I have. Ask my friends. I had my wedding planned at 18. God had different plans. I was scared. I am scared. Am I going to cry? I don't know. Probably, but I'm scared. (laughs) But is it something to run from? No. Because that's what God's calling me to do. I could run. Grandkids, I'm running from that. See, let's be real. How many of us are scared to hear what God really has to say? I'm, I am. But guess what? It's what he wants. Again, I'll go back to point two or three. It's not about us. Bobby D will tell you that. It's not about me. He'll be broken down in the middle of New Mexico. It's not about me. He's got his worship music on. I'm broken down. been here for three days. I'm, it's not about him, right? It's not about him. God calls him to love people, and that's what it's about. See, as Christians... See, I feel like Jonah missed the mark. But I'm glad someone heard from God in that boat. Because then Jonah got pushed in the right direction. See, this last couple of weeks, I've been talking to these kids about spiritual gifts. Not spiritual gifts, sorry. Fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Sorry, I'll slow down. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And my point for these lessons have been these are awesome things. These are great things. But we cannot get that unless we know Jesus. We can't. What are we running from? for? What are we running for? And not only are these things that we get from Jesus, once we get them, they now become a choice. Love's a choice. Now, it first starts with a choice of Jesus, but then that choice to say love or yes to whatever God's calling us to do becomes easier because we've already chosen the best yes, and that's Jesus. Brent tells this story. I hope I get it right. But when, I'll say it with Kaylin, when I don't like to say no to a lot of things and I didn't have to say, well, I did say no to a lot of other girls, but I don't, I said yes to, no, just listen, just listen. I did, in Texas, I did, don't worry. It's all right. But anyways, I did, did I say something wrong? I don't know. I'll listen to the podcast. Anyways, so, but 
I think in life they're like, well, I have to say no to this. I know to say no. No, I made one choice, and that was a yes, one yes. You know what I mean? And when I make, when you make one choice to say yes, I didn't have to say no to all the rest of the women in the world. I just had, or no to all them. I said one yes. <laughs> Hold on. When I said yes to Kaylin, I said no to everyone else because I said one yes, and I didn't have to say no anymore. And just like our relationship with God, thank you, yeah. And just with our relationship with God, as soon as we say yes to Jesus, we don't have to say no to everything else. That just naturally happens. So if I'm driving in my car and that person cuts me off, I don't have to say no because I already said yes. Yes, I might think about it immediately, but I'm, I got to remember where my yeses are. My yes is in Jesus. My yes is in love. My yes is in making a difference. Jesus. See, all fun and games aside and what I've been talking about, it all comes down to Jesus. When Brent asked me what I would want to teach on, I just wanted to say Jesus. Jesus. Like, you're having marriage issues? Jesus. Financial issues? Jesus. You don't know what, what God's calling you to do? Work at this place, work at this place. I'd love to seek Jesus and he'll lead you. But guess what? It's not easy because whatever he says might be different than what you have. But then we go back to my other point. It's not about you. Can I have the band come up? Yeah, I did. I was, I'm actually watching the clock. I'm like, ugh. Hmm. See, I know this was a simple message, but I really feel as a church, if we grasp what love is, what it looks like, again, we can say, what if this, what if that, what if this? If we grasp what love looks like in a society that doesn't understand love, we will make a difference. I don't, I don't mean you have to like, like love looks different in everyone's circumstances. It's just talking to somebody. It's giving a hydro flask to a homeless person because they needed something to drink out of water. That's love. And I'm reminded in the Bible that God doesn't want us to grow trees. He wants us to plant seeds. And I think in a society where we like to see things grow, it's hard to plant something without seeing the tree but that's not our job our job is to love so when they show up God can then move in their lives if it's right then and there when you're giving talking to the homeless person praise God but that's not our job our job is to love I'm a teacher I like doing this so after I say or when I point to you I want you to say love our job is to you want to make a difference, we need to love. Like God, love. us.
It's so simple. But yet so hard to grasp sometimes. See, Jonah missed the mark. And I missed the mark. In high school, I was playing baseball. I wouldn't say I was that good. I played. And there was this kid named Andy. He was a good kid, but didn't like me. I played the same position. He was mean to me. And Andy was loved by everyone. I mean everybody. Played in a band, was a rocker. He was good. I was going to fight this kid. Because he picked on me, you know? That's that's what you do. I was a little kid, you know. Little kid. In sophomore year, I didn't grow until I was like in college or something, I think. But I was little. And I remember this moment at baseball when we were winning by like 20 or something. And coach pulled him out of the game and said, Andy, go sit the bench. Casey's playing. And he threw a couple cuss words made fun of me. My mom got mad. My mom hated this kid. But this kid was known for making fun of me because of the way I ate pizza. And if you ever heard this story, you ever heard this story, it's kind of funny. I eat my pizza with a knife and a fork. Raise your hand if you're those people. Hallelujah. I love you. Everyone else, you better start praying because I think Jesus only likes people that eat with a fork and a knife. I'm just saying, if you're a greeter and you just got done eating pizza like the regular way, you couldn't do your job. Hey, sorry, pizza. Just doesn't work that way. Anyways, my point is, I'll never forget. I don't know if, Dad, you remember this, but (laughs) I was playing golf at Rancho Manana Golf Club. And I got a phone call. There was a house fire and Andy died. (laughs) I didn't like the kid. Do I ever wish someone would die because of it? No. I had to repent. Because I missed the mark. I remember sitting at pizza that day. Two days before, I think it was a Friday or something. We were playing summer ball pizza place right there on 27th Avenue in Beardsley. I was eating my pizza and he kept making fun of me. I think I was mean to him back. Now Andy's not here. But I feel like God can use Andy. How many of you guys have Andys out there that aren't nice to you that you hate? How many of you missing the mark today? For someone that needs you. Where we can put down our desires and our needs, our plans, because we're not happy with the, what they're saying to us or what they're doing. Who cares if they go and drink on a Saturday night? Love them. 
Who cares if their marriage isn't right? Love them. So I say all of that to just simply say love. This kid obviously needed some love because he was being mean to me. People that are normally mean or people that aren't just naturally mean because they're mean. They have something missing. See, there's people in life that will say, I don't need to go to church. You know, bless them, pray for them. I love them still. But I want to show you what church does for us, for me. See, this is, this is you. Sorry, you were a little too full of yourself. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Anyways, this is you. This is you. You come to church. You're a Christian. You love Jesus. You have Jesus, you know. You're about half full of Jesus. And when we come to church... And we worship the Lord and we get around people. Maybe, I'm not talking church here. I'm talking church community groups. I'm talking church bowling night. I'm talking church. Get around your people, your, your family, your, your, your Christian family. This is us. Now, how much of an impact is this having on the world right now other than just filling dead space? See, it's having none, nothing, no impact. It's there it's alive but it's just filling space can i be honest there's a lot of people in this world that are just filling space but see when we come to church and we get filled with god his presence his people it's good like it fills us we're good right we're good ah yep i got enough i'm done now we're just filling more of the world for nothing, just we're there. But then we go deeper. We go deeper. We go to go deeper. And we get a little bit more. That's good. I'm glad you went to go deeper. It's awesome. We're still just filling space in the world of for nothing. But then we go deeper with our relationship with God. And we go deeper, and we go deeper, and we go deeper, and we go deeper. And now we are not just filling space, but we are being different, making a difference into the world around us. You are what you're full of. Now, that looks cool, but I'm going to do a little practical version of this now. I'm a teacher. I like to teach. There's three people here in my illustration. So here they are. Here's three people. This one's a little full. Um, This person, this person, and this person. And I'm going to use this as a practical illustration. I'm Casey. I go to church. You know, I do my thing. Here's Luis. He's my friend. He this is, he doesn't know Jesus in this illustration. Okay? 
If I have nothing, I, I go to church, I don't really fill up on anything. I come up to him and he needs help. Boom. I have nothing to give him. There's nothing different than any of his other friends. Or I come to church a little. I like it. I, I get my dosage of it. I, I just go and then Luis needs some help and I come over here and boom. Wow. Okay. He, he got a little bit of something, you know, but he didn't really get it. That'll probably go away. You'll probably be dry by the end of service, okay? I come to church a little bit more. I'm not just church here, but my relationship with God gets deeper. I start now asking God to show me what I need to do. And I come up to Luis. Luis doesn't know, know me or know my relationship with God really, but I just love and I pour out on him. It feels good, but refreshing. Thank you. See, I know this is all fun and games, but let's be real. That's what we do. And when we're going out into a world that needs us, we're going with nothing. And the only person that can fill us up, who is the living water, will never thirst again water, Jesus water, the love water, is Jesus. And if I, if I go out into a world full of Jesus, Luis is going to get nothing from me. He's going to get everything from Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Luis. Thank you. Now, there's water everywhere. My shoes are wet. Luis is soaking wet. But let's be real. We cannot say we love God and not love people. I'm, I, I, we can't. Because these are connected commandments. Like, they're connected. Like, you just can't pick and choose with this. And I'll be honest, it's hard to love people without God. So, I'm going to open up the altars and I'm going to pray. And I hope God's speaking to you. I hope that your heart is open to what he says and I hope we're not like Jonah running from the presence of God. And if you want to be filled with Jesus so you can make a difference, I want you to come up here. And I've said this before, church, we are not to judge we are not to look, make fun of. I tell the kids all the time, if someone comes up to this altar, I don't care if you're six years old, 10 years old, or 12 years old, you're not gonna grin, you're not gonna laugh. If you need to, put your head down and don't even look because it's not about you. If you wanna come up here and you need prayer because you have hatred in your life, maybe you don't even know what it looks like, come up, pray seek don't miss the mark God thank you for this day
we can have our prayer teams come up or people that would like to pray. God, thank you for this day that we can come and learn the most simplest commandment that is the hardest sometimes. And God, as we're here, I pray that hearts are open to understand the greatest commandment. God, that it's not about the church building size. It's not about the the albums I make. It's not about the advancement in my job career. It's about you and your love for us and others. God, I pray right now that your spirit will come like the day of Pentecost. When people leave these doors of this building that we meet in, that their life will be changed and they can pour out on others. God, just move today. With all your eyes closed and your head bowed, if you feel like you have missed the mark, I want you to just simply raise your hand. Jesus, come on. God. Yes, God. God, I pray for everybody right now who is raising their hand, God. Lord, that they are acknowledging that they have missed the mark. And God, I thank you for your grace. Your grace, that is a grace that none may understand. Some may not understand a grace that is willing to say, although you have missed the mark, I love you. Let's go. And if you feel like you've missed the mark, people, you're just at the bottom of the ocean in a belly of a well on your way to your purpose. God, give them purpose. Give them vision. Give them more today. If you need some prayer, I just want you to come up. I feel like there's people in here that may not want to come up because they're intimidated or scared of the result of what God is going to say. Jesus, I pray against that right now. Jesus. You know, I've realized that we have an expression in our culture that just comes across naturally when someone when someone irritates us or that things happen and they say things or do things that bother us, we always say, oh, they make me so mad. And this is their fault. They pushed me and I got mad. When I really think the truth of the matter is, is that 
when people and situations in life bump into us, we always spill over what we're full of. And so those people actually didn't put that anger there. You were already full of anger. They just bumped you when you spilled over. But how many of you know if we get full of Jesus, when people bump us, they're going to experience Jesus? So I just encourage you this week before you go, spend a little more time in prayer and worship and go out and understand, you know what, God, I'm going out full of you. No matter what I encounter, anyone who, who bumps me is going to experience more of you. Father, I thank you for this word this morning. I thank you, Lord, that we're, we're understanding your love and how to love others. God, would you help us to be a city on a hill like your word tells us, Father. Help us to love like you do in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're visiting with us this morning, please fill out a connection card. Drop it off at the Welcome Center on your way out. We have a free gift for you. Have a great week.